Welcome to the favorites, the podcast. I am Chad Millman, your host from the Action Network. Today, there is a lot of enthusiasm for the return of sports. The UFC has come back strong. People are betting it. Bundesliga is getting loads of bets. The match was a massive betting event. Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning. The NBA is hoping to come back in July. But I can tell you right now, nothing matters more than the NFL. And since the schedule release, professional bettors throughout the country have been in their labs, working their formula, trying to find the opportunities, especially with season win totals, all of which you can find in the Action Network app. It's free. Download the Action Network app. You'll be able to see season win totals for every team in the NFL. To discuss all of this, joining me from his home in New Jersey, podcast regular professional better, Mr. Simon Hunter. What's going on, brother? Chad, my man. What's going on, buddy? You living? You surviving? You getting through this time? It's like, it's kind of not that different for you. No, it's actually, it's, it's funny where, I mean, I guess the taking little vacations and relaxing took a quick, quick break. I mean, only got like a month before the pandemic started right after the Super Bowl. But it, it gave me just more time just to dive into everything. And it, it was really, really fun just tinkering with everything just because all we had is time. So everyone can put time to what they want to do. And I, I always put time to football. So it just gave me more time to do what I love. So it was nice. All right. So I want to talk about season win totals and I want to look at them from a few different perspectives. And by the end of this, we will have touched on just about every single team. But first, lay the foundation, like people who are just starting to do this, people are locked up at home, schedules are out, um, draft has happened, free agency has happened. What do you do when the schedules come out? Like, are you, how are you creating your formulas for season win totals? So, so basically when I do, I go team by team and I'm just putting all the data in for that, the same data I'll be using for the beginning of the season. I'll tinker with it as the preseason goes on. You can get more data and figure out what teams are running system-wise and schematically and like the players they brought in, how do they fit into these systems? Because people do get it that are diehard fans, but people that are new to betting in football, they don't get how much of a turnover sport it is. That's why as a pro, it's the best because there's just so much value in a sport where I think, what is it? Every year there's six new teams in the playoffs or four new teams in the playoffs. So it's, it's just a league where there's just constant turnover. So what you're looking at is you're trying to see what people aren't going to see, and you're trying to just find that value. So when you're doing season win totals, I mean, we talked, I think it was middle of March, early March, just like they had put up lines already. And I, I gave out the Cardinals and I gave out Denver. So when I gave out the Cardinals, their, their win total was six. And now the Sharps have hit it. It's up to seven and a half. And that's one of those where there was value. And you can still take that Cardinals over. But there's, as a pro, there just isn't value in it anymore just because the number's already been bought up. So when we go through these season win totals, we're, just, we're pretty much saying that this is where the value is because there isn't going to be value in every single one. A lot of these are public teams. They're going to be bet up by now. So you need to just try to find the value in the win totals that what are the odds of this team hitting this number? And you just pretty much hope for the best when the season starts. Right, but when you say that there's a lot of turnover in this league, that actually... I don't know that people think about it that way because when they're making their odds for season win totals, I think they're oftentimes thinking what quarterback is gone, what running back is gone, what skill position Mm. player is gone. So if you're thinking about the turnover and where the value is, how deep are you going into the roster? 
you have to look at it from there's so many different angles in football, but the biggest one is the quarterback position. So the year Patrick Mahomes came in, it was his first year starting. So he had the week 17. He looked amazing. And coming into his rookie year, or his second year, but it was his first year starting. You're, you're looking at that and the value that this is an Andy Reid system. This kid seems like he's got an arm. And I think they're over under that year with seven and a half or eight. And so you just look at that number right there. And it's like, if this guy fits the system well, the, the lowest number I could see them hitting is nine. So you hit that kind of over where this year, the quarterback crap, there isn't something like that where you have, you, you can see a quarterback coming into a new system and it's really going to spark that quarterback. I know a lot of people, I mean, we can start with, um, a lot of people are going to love Joe Burrow. I mean, pe- people are just obsessed with Joe Burrow and I get it. That was, Seriously, one of the most fun college teams I've ever seen. But if you look at that roster, he had his whole team was drafted in the first round. So Joe Burrow is going from playing with arguably the greatest college offense ever, with some of the greatest talent ever on his team, to the Cincinnati Bengals. Who, yeah, they had talent, but if, in my system, when I grade out, they're they're seriously one of the worst offensive lines. I mean, that O line is terrible, and I don't like their coach. Where. You can tell a lot by how a team adjusts at halftime. And the Bengals were dominated time and time again last year in the second half. So people need to start thinking, yeah, Joe Burrow is great, but you have to look at the pieces around. He doesn't have a good head coach. He's got a bad O-line. That just reeks for a disaster first year for him. So the over-under them for his five and a half for the season. I love I love the value in the five under and five and a half under in that division. I just think he, he's not going to – it's not going to be all roses going undefeated in college football. He's going he's to get hit in the mouth and it's going to be tough for him to adjust. All right, so the under five and a half is actually plus money right now. I think that's uh, plus 102. And that tells you a little bit about what the public is thinking because Joe Burrow was such a prominent they draft love pick. They love him, right? And that's, love him. that's sort of the difference of the question I'm asking, right? You're looking at offensive line. You're looking as deep as halftime adjustments made by the coach and all anybody that's betting from the public perspective is going to think, Oh, it's Joe Burrow, Heisman winner, glory boy. Right. You know, that's that he's going to be the number one pick. He's, he is the number one pick. He's going to turn that team around immediately. And like in my system, like when I do the simulations of the whole season, I got them at 3.6 wins. Like, so the odds of them exceeding five and a half is like, that's a, you know, a one, a, Two out of three hundred games, a hundred seasons they play, but he might be able to do that. But it's just the odds are stacked way against them from the coaching staff he's going into to the offensive line. All right. We got Bengals under five and a half. You love that. Um, You've simulated them at under four wins. Uh, Let me ask you another question before we get into some teams. Uh, I like that we're teasing people a little bit here. How do you feel about tying your money up for an entire season and how many units do you end up putting on these versus a regular season game? So for, for most people like that are starting out and just, they're doing this for a side hustle and just trying to build a bankroll before you have a real bankroll, say a real bankroll is $10,000 for most people for gambling. That that's, that's legit bankroll. Most common people are going to be using like a thousand bucks for a season. So if you're doing that kind of stuff, if you're doing win totals, you should have maybe only do two or three you really like and maybe put twenty to thirty dollars on it. You don't don't put too much. Because for most people, this is like for pros, we're just finding really good edges here. And our max bet on most of these is gonna be a thousand. Most casinos don't want that kind of liability. So 
it's one of those, if you're building a bankroll, you should only be doing maybe three or four of these. Cause I, I do, I do every single team cause there's value obviously in every single one, but you don't want to be, you, you don't want to be putting all your bankrolls so early in the season. Like, like when I told you those long shots, like a month ago, the Denver and Arizona, that's a nice one where you're throwing a hundred bucks on it. You can win 5,000. So those are the kind of things you want to do with your bankroll where you, you want to take those long shot upsides where if you only hit one every 10 years, it's going to pay you back tenfold. So that's what I'm talking about with like upside long shots. All right. Hold on. You just said to me that you might put a futures bet on all 32 NFL teams. Uh, definitely. But there's going to be ones I'm going to hit 10 to 15 times in a month. And then I hit them again right before the season starts where it's like, they're not adjusting the public still going the other way. And I'm reading it really well. Like the easiest one that stood out last year was Sam Fran. So Sam Fran, Jimmy G was coming back and I even saw enough from their backup that I was like, in this kid's second year, I could see him winning eight games. So that's what their, their over under last year was eight, seven and a half. That, that to me is just easy money where they were the bottom of the league the year before. So they're getting an easy schedule and all they need is a QB to stay healthy for maybe half the year. They're starting quarterback and they're going to probably hit that over. So those are the things you're looking for. You're looking for where there's value where other people aren't seeing it. They're just going to think, oh, the same thing's going to happen again. The Rams will win that division. The Seattle will come in second and San Fran will be in the bottom. So it's just funny how people are just so stuck on the year before. They're not looking for it. What's more likely to happen the following year? How much have you changed your strategy for this year and tying up that kind of money, not knowing yet what's going to happen in the fall? Uh, I honestly was worried. Like I did future bets. Um, like right after the Super Bowl, like I always do that right before I go away for a little break. Like teams I like, like the Tampa Bay one, I, I did that not knowing at all that Brady was going back there. I just saw enough that if Winston just threw half his interceptions, they're going to be in the playoffs and 50 to one, that's great odds to win a Super Bowl. But it's now the point where I'm not nervous at all because I, it's just the way people's attitudes are towards, especially different states, how people are acting. It just seems like everyone's going to be comfortable enough that there's going to be a season and there's still going to be fans in the stadium. Like I was starting to work on a whole different part of my system where I was going to deduct teams that usually have a good home crowd advantage and they weren't going to have fans anymore. And that was really going to hurt them. That's a really big deal. No fans in the stadium. But it sounds like that there's going to be fans. So I'm not too worried yet about that. But you might have to you might have to adjust for that. It might not be full fans. Uh, We actually don't know yet for real. Right. And and if that, say that comes down, it depends on like the certain states and like what they're going to do. But like the obvious teams, like the like the Seattle Seahawks, the Eagles. I mean, there's plenty of teams where people know their that home field advantage. And if there aren't those fans in that stadium, some teams are going to lose two to three points just just off that off the spread. I think this Vegas is going to do the same thing. Like that, some of these week one lines they were doing that already, kind of. So it is funny to see that. I think most people are guessing now at this point, there's going to be fans in the stadium. All right. So you mentioned, I want to talk about some of the headlines uh, coming out of the season so far, or coming out of the off season. You mentioned Tom Brady and the Bucks, their season win total right now, looking in the action network app, which is free. You can download it, get every season win total. Oh God. Okay. Let's see. The Bucks are at over nine and a half minus one twenty five, under nine and a half minus one ten. So bookmakers are asking you to bet the under here. How did that adjust after the Tom Brady news? And how do you grade that one? It's funny when you grade it out that Brady is only a positive over Winston because of the non-turnovers. That, that is like a huge deal in the sense that the Bucks were always behind. 
So when you're grading out their defense, especially for this coming year, they're they're graded out terribly. Like Daniel Jones for the Giants tore them up. People people probably remember that. It was like the second coming of Eli. He he literally went to town on Tampa's defense. So coming in this year, they've kind of made a couple adjustments on their defense where they seem like they've accrued on that side. And obviously they got Tom Brady and Gronk on the offensive side where the public's going to hit that, that, that nine and a half, I think it may have opened at eight and a half, nine, and it's gone up to nine and a half. Now that's, that's kind of thing where, as we're all looking at it, that that's a great number, but as a sharp, I had to think I'll wait for this to get to 10 and then I'll just take the under and just think they'll, they'll not go nine and seven in that really hard division where Atlanta's only gotten better. And it, it's, it's one of those where, you really you look at it and you just think to yourself in that division it's really hard to get 10 wins you need a lot of things to go your way to get 10 wins so i can see what the public is taking it's tom brady revenge tour he's the goat we saw that golf swing charles barkley's talking shit to him he hits it right in the hole he, he's just that kind of player where he's pissed off and he's mad and that's when he's really dangerous but as a pro i have to take that under that's just it's just hard to think of them getting 10 wins god you mentioned the division which is really really important. And Sean Payton had that really funny tweet during the match about this being the Tom Brady that he hopes comes to Tampa Bay. Flip side <laughs> of that, flip side of that is the Pats without Tom Brady. We're looking at, I think we were looking at over nine minus 102, under nine minus 112. Still a ton of respect for New England at nine wins. And it's funny. So like, Going through everything, I, I like I don't have a lot of numbers on Stidham. He didn't play that much. And even in college, he wasn't all world. He was just like just a solid quarterback who had the upper body and the strength and the arm that the Patriots felt comfortable with taking him where they did. That I I get why they're just holding Pat here and they're just saying him or Hoyer, that's good enough for us because that's Belichick's system. He's saying we don't need something so great to run this system. It's all about the weapons around him, the system I run week to week, because he's always changing their offensive system with uh, McDaniel. So it's, it is one of those where nine is a high number. Cause when I ran it through, it's surprising. The bills were the outstanding favorite in that division. Like I got them at 10 and a half wins. So the bills really stick out as that the leader in that division where the Patriots, they seem like they're going to have a down year this year because no one's really sure what they're going to do here at the quarterback position. Do we really trust Denham to get us nine wins? It's tough to say. So you don't have an opinion on this one yet? I'm waiting. I, I've been waiting on this number because I, I need to see this kid play. There's, so there are some that I don't bet right away. Like I'll wait in the preseason to see some, some more on this kid. Just because from what I saw last year, he was all world in preseason. And then in the, when he played in the regular season, he just couldn't stop throwing picks. So... I'm going to wait on the Patriots one, but I lean, yes, over. Oh, well, you, you like the, you just mentioned the Bills too. Bills are over nine minus 126. So a pretty juicy price on right. paying the over. You have them at 10 and a half wins in your projections. Are you better off taking the Bills to win the division? I like that number. I mean, I know the whole Ed Oliver thing happened and that does worry me because I love him. He He is a force, but... I just love the pieces around them. The Diggs thing makes me nervous because, like, who knows? In week six, Diggs might be throwing tantrums on the sideline because Josh Allen's spreading the ball around, not getting him to enough. But I think in his first year, maybe he just will ride the ship and just stay the course for the team and the way the system's set up there. And it's just 
really lined up perfectly for the Bills to really capitalize on a down year from the Patriots. So the uh, AFC East odds right now, the Bills at plus 125. Yeah, like that's a good number. Yeah, that's a good number. You know? And it's funny, I, I remember I said in the last podcast, I do like the Jets, but that's, they're like a year or two away. I do love what Joe Douglas is doing there. I mean, his first draft, that was a great draft this past draft. But I, I just don't think they're on the same level as the Patriots or the Bills yet. Uh, we're, just, we're just racing through these teams. I know when you and I texted the other day about doing this, I didn't think we'd end up going through every team, but I feel like we're going to end up going through every team. I'm making notes on every team, so... Um, <laughs> Certainly, the other team, the other team that you said you've gotten a lot of questions about, and I'm bouncing around division to division. There's no rhyme or reason here, but it doesn't really matter because if you're betting, you're not just looking for your favorite team; you're looking for the best value. You've been getting a lot of question about you've been getting a lot of question about the Bears and their QB controversy, Nick Foles or Mitch Trubisky. Tell me what people are asking you and what your feeling is on this team. Yeah, I was I was joking with a couple of them. I was like, wow. Chad must really have a Chicago radio show or something because half these people reached out to me are just diehard Bear fans, so it kind of cracked me up. But basically, they're all wondering, what, what are we better off with? Are we better off with Foles? Are we better off with Trubisky? And I try to break it down with that this, this offense that your team runs is the offense we pretty much won the Super Bowl with Nick Foles. And it's your quick first read, and if it's not there, he already knows the defense in front of him where the second read will be the way the defense is set up. So this it's a perfect scheme for Nick Foles. So my hoping is that he beats out Trubisky in the preseason. Hopefully they have a preseason so he can do it. And it lines up where the Bears over under this, this for the win total is eight and a half. And I think some books are going to have it a plus money. So basically last year was a season from hell. They went eight and eight. So if Nick Foles or even Trubisky, even, I, I don't love Trubisky, but I think he can run the offense. He'll be better than obviously was last year, hopefully. Um, it just lines up perfectly. with it. Everyone knows Green Bay is going to not have as great a season as they did last year. There's going to be wins in that division for the Bears to get, and they're going to have an easier schedule. Day and a half feels a gimme, where I have them graded at 10 wins for the season, the Bears. So I really like day and a half of plus money. What do you think of the Bears at plus 390 to win the division? I bet it already. I mean, I, I just, I like the value there that people forget they didn't win that division because of their offense. They went rent won it because of the defense. You just need a comparable quarterback in there. That's not going to be turned over and losing games for him. And I, I just think that the, it lines up really good for the bears this upcoming season. All right. This other team I find to be fascinating because they were so overhyped last year that is the Cleveland Browns, and I'm looking at the Cleveland Browns in the, let's see, AFC North. Their odds to win plus, looks like plus 480, um, and their 2020 regular season win total is, again, look in the Action Network app, eight and a half plus 100. Most people are going to go on the idea that it, it obviously can't be worse than last year. They got a new head coach. They have a new system they're going to run. They actually improved a little bit on the defense side, but I still, I still look at their line. They just still have problems where I don't like how they've addressed their issues. I still think they have a lot of work to get done on that side. And coming in, I know a lot of people are going to think that's 
the Ravens division as well as they should. Lamar was MVP level last year. But like we were just saying, the year before, it usually ruins field matchup for that coming year. There's no way the Ravens are going 14 or two again. And there's no way I like Cincy, no way I like Cleveland. So the obviously the team I really like coming this year in that division is Pittsburgh. I think that's where the value is. And the eight and a half number is good in the sense that, yeah, the Browns could get to nine wins. That wouldn't be shocking. But all the values on the under from what we've seen from them from all the past seasons, they're just an underachieving team. And in a first-year head coach, I still don't believe in that offense, being able to carry that team to over nine wins. All right, well, you talk about the Steelers. They're at over nine and a half. They're over the, the price on the over nine and a half is plus 100, and they are plus 374 to win the AFC North. That is some prime time pricing right there if you yeah. want the Steelers. It's tasty. And it's just one of those where, hey, I could be wrong. Lamar, no one could figure him out last year. Maybe this offseason somehow they didn't figure it out again. But we've just seen it time and time again where these not, – he's not a one-trick show. Lamar did plenty of passing and different things last year than just running the ball. But they're going to figure out a way to stop it. That's just the way it is. Who knows if it's running the same type of defense that – worked last year against them where it was just him having bad days but there's there's just no way that you're getting any value on the Ravens this upcoming season they were just so out of this world last year you have to kind of take with a grain of salt where nothing went wrong from last year they had no major injuries I mean they lost arguably one of their best offensive linemen into retirement so I think people need to take a step back and think what's more consistent the Ravens or Pittsburgh the way they've just always have had a good defense and big Ben, if he can just give one more year, that's a good value. People are going to be hesitant because of big Ben, who knows the shape he's going to be in. What's he going to look like? He's older. I get the hesitation with Pittsburgh. That's why that, that number so big. Listen, I, I'm with you though. Like if I'm going to bet on something in that division, am I going to bet on the consistency of, of big Ben or the, lack of a surprise factor that Lamar Jackson now presents, even though he's amazing. And I'm not discounting that. I'm just yeah, thinking purely in terms of value. We're definitely not discounting that. He's, he's, he's unbelievable. Yeah. I'm not saying last year was a fluke. I'm saying I have a better price with the Steelers. Steelers are plus 374 to win the division and plus money to go over nine and a half wins with Big Ben coming back. You cannot underestimate. You take that value. Yeah, you cannot underestimate also how great of a coaching job Mike Tomlin did last year. And to do what he did with that team with no talent. Um quarterback. Imagine how good that team can be when he actually has all of his weapons back. And, and that's what I'm betting on. I'm betting on that upside with that value. Uh, speaking of teams that are lacking weapons, the Houston Texans are playing with a lot of anger. I mean, that team seems to be playing a different kind of football all of a sudden because of what Bill O'Brien has decided to do with that roster, getting rid of DeAndre Hopkins for nothing, overpaying for running backs, uh, Deshaun Watson. I don't really know what his mindset is. How could I? But that team right now, plus 360 to win the division, regular season win totals, under seven and a half is minus 112, over is minus 108. And when people are looking at Houston, it's just been, they've kind of been a joke of this all season. The public, the public's reflecting that they're thinking this is a joke franchise. They just got rid of their best weapon on offense for an old running back who hasn't done anything in kind of two years. 
But when you look at the numbers, the scariest thing for them is that they haven't really improved on defense in positions they need. But when you look at their division, the uncertainty with the Jaguars, like their people think they're tanking the year. The Colts went to Philip Rivers, and Philip Rivers looked cooked last year. I, I, I don't know. Maybe a new situation. Maybe that's going to be good for Rivers, but he, he looked cooked. And the Titans, everyone's going to love them because of what they did in the playoffs, that run they went on, where you're thinking that's something they're going to build on. So if you, if you like what the Titans did last year and you're thinking that's them building for even better of a following year, like variables get coached to you and you trust that system, Tennessee is probably going to be the favorite, and a lot of people are going to be taking them to win that division. Where this number at seven and a half, that feels super, super low and good value. I think Houston's going to have problems in two, three years from now. I don't think they have problems right now. I still think they have enough weapons around them, enough of a good offense around them, that I could see them easily get eight wins for Houston. What did you simulate them at? So I've, cha- I've had to change it twice because of little things they've done this offseason. I originally had them at nine and a half, and now they're down to nine. So, so still, still looking at a point, a game and a half higher than what the projections are. Still for... looking at great value, yeah. I I'm think surprised that to hear Vegas that. is down on them. Vegas is down on them just because they have a harder schedule, obviously, for the following year. And most of the public, they've just we've just all trashed Houston and Bill O'Brien this whole offseason. Little counter argument: you're going to fade the public on this one. Uh, this is one of the few that I really stuck out with fading the public because the numbers just kept going down since the DeAndre Hopkins trade. I just think even maybe some sharps don't like it either, but I don't think their problems are going to happen right now. I think they're two, three years down the road. All right. I want to stay in the state of Texas. Everybody loves to talk about the Dallas Cowboys. They are at nine and a half for the year. No. Uh, yeah. Nine and a half. The mm-hmm. over on the Cowboys at nine and a half is minus one forty-five. Yeah, I mean, this is one of those where basically the number guys you're looking at numbers that they just had terrible, terrible luck last year. The Cowboys. I mean, the the amount of times they lost one-score games and the amount of times that they just completely blew games was alarming. And it's one of those where people are thinking they have a new coach coming in. Maybe McCarthy wasn't the blame for how bad Green Bay was. Maybe there was just not – it was kind of just his time to leave there with Rodgers. Maybe a new start for him is going to be what he needs. And I can see why people love it. It's, it's funny in the, that division, um, there hasn't been a repeat champ in that division in like 20 years. Like basically it's always flip-flopping. The Eagles win and the Cowboys win or randomly the Giants will win. And it does seem like it's lining up that this Cowboys team, this is going to be their last really good run. They have a lot of big contracts coming up. They're not going to be able to pay this offensive line. A lot of these guys on the defense. So I, I like that number, but that, that big so high that I, I wouldn't take it. The, uh, Cause I, I could see them getting nine wins, but I had them graded out at 10 and a half. All right. So you haven't graded out at 10 and a half. The market is saying nine and a half, but a minus minus one forty-five is just too high. Yeah. And I just like, there's, I just don't trust what's going on with Dak and the whole contract thing. It, it just gives me unease going into the season because that's just a distraction that you don't need. And it makes me a little nervous. But to the Cowboys fans out there that have been hitting this number, I, I do think that's that's a fair bet. I mean, them getting 10 wins, that, that seems in the range of what they're going to do this year. All right, so we've gone through about a third of the league right now. I want to hear um, your 
value picks, the biggest delta between what your numbers are saying right now and what the market is presenting? Well, definitely the Bears, that, that, that one I already gave out, that's definitely one of my favorite ones. Like of all the win totals, that really stuck out where it's like, I just think that's, that's really good value. Surprisingly, I actually do really like the Jags. I got them at six wins again for this upcoming season. And people are scared off because, I mean, their whole team's fleeing. And Gordy Minshew, he, he looks like he's going to collapse. So I'm going to completely understand why people are going to stay away from the Jags. I'll, I'll try to find a more uh, public team for people. But I know that a lot of people are drinking the Carolina Panthers Kool-Aid. And well, wait, hold on, I'm, hold on, hold on, hold on. So let's let's frame the Jags for a second before you go on to, mm-hmm. to Carolina. Like the Jags are they're, the over for the Jags is uh five, it's over five plus one twenty two. So it's there's value there in betting the over. Well, you got to shop around because I'm seeing certain books still have them at four and a half. So basically, what I'm looking at is when you're saying that number, you're saying the Jags need to just go three and three in their division, which isn't that shocking. Them to go three and three in their division. And they just had to win two games outside their division the whole season. And what I've always learned with these Florida teams is there's certain teams that get down into that heat and that humidity and they're good teams and they just blow games against bad Florida teams. So that's, what's always funny with these Miami, Tampa, and these, uh, these Jags, these low, these low over-unders, usually they hit it. So it's one of those, I'm going to wait on the Jags. I think the public, like you're saying, you have that five, I'm seeing four and a half at some books. I'm just going to wait and hope, hope people just keep betting them down. I'll be able to get it at four eventually. All right. That's a good strategy. I'm going to wait. I'm taking a note on that. I'm going to wait. Who's your other, you like the bears, you like the Jags. Uh, I, I really, I gave it out like way, like months ago, the, the Denver Super Bowl. I like the Denver over seven and a half. It's juiced up a little bit and people are really, have really been hyping them since the draft, just because all these weapons now on their offense. And I just think if Locke, Drew Locke can just be just a little bit better than what they've had in the past three, four years, that's, that's a number they're going to hit just because their defense is still really dominant. And then you've got all these weapons on offense where teams go up the mile high and they usually always win five to six home games. So you're just looking at, all right, now they got five to six home wins. You just need to find two to three more wins for them on the road. And it's pretty easy to see that you think they can get eight to nine. So I like that value in Denver. Denver is, and you also like him the Super Bowl. Denver is 50 to one to win the Super Bowl. You also had mentioned, let's talk about the Cardinals for a second. Um, because earlier in the year, you had mentioned the Cardinals, and that was before their draft and before a lot of free agency, before we saw the schedule. Cards right. 50 to one to win the Super Bowl. Still, how are you feeling about their season win total? So, um, like I was talking a little bit early, they, they've been bet up. So when I, when I gave them out, I was able to get them at six, six and a half. Now they're up to seven and a half in most books. So I still think there's value there. I can still, I still have them graded out at getting eight wins, but it makes me a little nervous now that it's all the way up there. Cause that whenever the public, a team becomes the public darlings and it does make me a little, a little nervous. Cause when we were talking about them, no one was really talking about the Cardinals. So it's funny now that's kind of flipped. And as people have looked into the numbers, it's like, wow, they have a lot of weapons. And Kyler Murray really stroke, like showed in different games that this kid's special. His, some of his passes, I mean, he came to see over guys and he's putting it right on the dime 20 yards down the line. So 
I really do like the everything that Arizona has building there. And I like that over seven and a half. All right. Denver, you still like the Jags, the Bears. Your Jags are going to wait on. Cards, you kind of like, although a lot of the value has been bet out of it because it opened at six. Mm-hmm. Who else? So it's kind of funny coming in the year that um, most people are kind of nervous about this Philadelphia Eagles team. And they're still over under still nine and a half. And I still think there's good value there to bet they're under like they're, they're set up where it seems like they're going to start going through stuff. Maybe this is the last hurrah for this. A lot of these players, a lot of these guys might be leaving or retiring, but I had them graded out at eight and a half wins for the season. So nine and a half, we're finding a whole game of value on that over under. I like the under for the Eagles. Under nine and a half is actually minus 115. So you're betting with the market there. Right. And I can see why, because, I mean, their their offense was abysmal um, last year. But I do think they are going to be improved on the offense. I just – the way that division shaping up, like the Giants will be better. And we already talked about the Cowboys. I just think it's going to be tougher for them to sneak in, get 9-7 and seven last year. I, I don't think they can do better than that. All right, let's talk about the Giants for a second, because could they all of a sudden become an interesting value bet for the conference as well. And it's funny where I, I really go, like a lot of my time is spent on these quarterbacks, especially film watching and just, just little things you look for with these guys to see if they got it or not. And I do love Daniel Jones. I, a lot of the film I saw on him, he, he has great awareness, but he is so, he was so bipolar. Like most quarterbacks are in the season where he had one good game. The next game, he was complete disaster. Couldn't stop fumbling, kept throwing picks. And if you're going to bet they're over six, over six and a half, you're, you're kind of betting on Daniel Jones saying he's going to correct his mistakes and that's good value on that number. Where I have them still graded out at six. So I don't see value. I see this being a push. So I'm actually going to probably wait and take the under if I can find six and a half. Oh, man, that was that was that's so interesting because like the Giants at plus 900 in a division, like you said, that changes hands every year with Dwayne Haskins and the Redskins, who was eh, and the Eagles, who you think are are destined to continue to slide, and the Cowboys, who, like, maybe it was Jason Garrett, who knows, they have a new coach, but, like, it's not assured. I would have totally bit on that Giants at plus 900. I'm so glad you just walked me off that. Yeah, I, I think it's, uh, I'd wait another year on that one. I'd wait, I, I'd wait a year on the Giants, just because I don't, I could see it in that division, like you're saying. There's a lot of upside there, but I just think you're a year away. Who else are we missing from your biggest delta between your numbers and the market? So what you always want to do is you you want to kind of look at the the previous season and say, like, what unders are the most likely to happen? Because if you just bet every under of all these teams, you're going to make money, but that's no fun. Um, you really, you really want to look at teams that had over 10 wins the season before, because that's a key number. It's, you need luck and a lot of talent to break 10 wins, especially on back-to-back seasons. I mean, I'm going to look right now, but I'm pretty sure the only team that's been back-to-back 10 game one, yeah, is the New Orleans Saints. So that's what I mean. No other team keeps getting 10 wins than the Saints every year. So when you're looking at San Fran, their number's 10 and a half. 
the value is gone there. Th- that number, that's a high number. That's, that's pretty much saying they're going to have just as good a season they did last year. I mean, you can even think back to they stopped the guy on the one-yard line to get the number one seed in the last game of the year on the final play of the year, or they were going to be the five seed. So it's one of those where it's like it, p- people need to start thinking the, these things aren't – teams aren't going to be winning consistently like they think they are. It comes down to one play multiple times a season in different games. So with San Fran at 10.5, you have to take that under. And when you're looking at um, Green Bay, I think they're – let me look real quick. They're well, you're looking, San Francisco is uh, – San Francisco under 10.5 is minus 105, so there's better juice on that. Um, and Green and Bay that's, – That's sharp. That's like sharp money probably coming on because what Joe Public's going to go in there and bet the under of San Fran? They made it to the Super Bowl. Well, here's what's interesting. Green Bay is – the under nine is minus 120. Right, and that's just another one of those where you're saying that they're not going to be able to duplicate what they did last year, especially in that division. Because like I told you, I already think the Bears are going to be better and the staff is going to be back for Detroit for the whole season. So that's actually not terrible because I actually have them at 9-9, like 9.2. So I have them slightly over that over. You're not getting – you're going to push if they hit 9. But actually, now that I'm like – now we're talking about it out loud, it's like – the Aaron Rodgers revenge tour. Like he's going to be pissed off this whole season. And that nine, that nine's not a bad, that's a good number for green Bay. So I actually would take that over nine. You would. Yeah. Cause I, when I saw it earlier, they were at 10 and now that I'm like, I'm looking at the book again, it's, it's down to nine. So I think that there's value there on the nine. Over nine minus 100. So it's certainly better juice. Right. Yeah. That, that's good. That's crazy. The sharps have been pounding them like that. Well, look, I think it's one of those things that everyone believes what you do. Like Aaron Rodgers for the past five years and Chris Raybon from the Action Network has written about this so many times, is a deteriorating quarterback. His numbers are not nearly as good as they were in the previous five years. And he's still getting the shine for being Aaron Rodgers, which is amazing. And then even more shine for taking that team that wasn't very good to a 13-3 and year under the NFC title game. But like this team did not get better during the year. And uh, he continues to get credit for being Aaron Rodgers when he really isn't Aaron Rodgers anymore. That's why I don't worry about Aaron Rodgers as a as a uh, as a guy with a chip on his shoulder because that can last you only so long, and it helps when you're already the most supremely talented quarterback in the game. It's not as good when you have a chip on your shoulder and you're no longer the most supremely talented quarterback in the game. Right, and I think that people need to adjust their thinking of him, but I still think that he's lost that athleticism, which made him so great. Like, we're seeing Patrick Mahomes. He can just move in the pocket and just at a flick of his wrist, put it 50 yards down the field. Rodgers definitely lost that. But I think the mentally, he's just going to be on point. And it's going to be a second year in this offense where it's a heavy base running offense where a lot of his plays are play-action reads, which is just a layup for a guy like Aaron Rodgers. He's still a top 12, top 10 quarterback in this league. Um, I do I do love reading Chris's writings. He's, he's good. He's got a lot of good articles. But the one I read about that was interesting. Just every every year, he's just his velocity on his, his throwing, everything has just gone down. So the numbers do back that up. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back him for one more year. All right. I think there's a couple other hot-button teams that we do have to hit on. Uh, and then I, I do want to get any updated – conference futures or Super Bowl futures that you think still might have some value, but For sure. some of the hot button teams, 
uh, Miami over six and a half plus 107. And I'm going to be on that under just because I, I don't think, I think they are going to have Tua. I think Tua is going to be playing early days. And what we saw last year, it was obviously great coaching, but it was a lot of fits. I mean, that, that game against the Patriots in the season, that was one of the more incredible comebacks. And that's just what that guy does. He's a never-die kind of guy. Tua is going to be a rookie. He's coming from Alabama. He's coming off a major injury. That, that's all those signs point to for sure woes. A good, a good season for them will be four to five wins. So that, that's a big under um, from the six. Hmm. I agree with you about Tua. That's when I really started – I mean, about Fitz. That's when I really started to bet them last year was seeing Fitzpatrick become the quarterback. He is a little bit magical. I think it's going to be hard for them to come in and play Tua given the sort of injury that he has to come back from and the learning curve. Like, why wouldn't you play Ryan Fitzpatrick as long as you possibly can? I think I disagree with your premise that, um, that he's going to be the one who comes in and plays. I honestly was with you. I, I thought because of the injury, they were going to take it slow. But the more stuff I hear, especially out of guys in base and people they're, they're hearing from, they just it seems like to them that two is going to be the guy that's going to come in in week three or four, and that's that's going to be the show for the rest of the season. All right, before I get to this last team, are we missing any value picks for you? Uh, where the delta between your simulations and the current season win totals is very aggressive. Uh, the one that really stands out, and maybe it's a little bit of my Vegas love, but. The, the Raiders coming into that new stadium, and it seems like they're going to be one of the few places that will definitely have fans. It, it's going to be crazy. I mean, that, that is going to be a big advantage for the Raiders in this first season. I, I like what they've done in this draft. And it's kind of a make-or-break year for Derek Carr. So they got it at 7.5. I, I had them graded out at eight, 8.4. So I had them over that. I, had the, I, had them, I definitely see them getting 8, especially in the division where – I know everyone's going to be scared of the Chiefs, and I'm, I'm obviously always worried about them because they're so dominant. But you have to look at – we still don't know about Locke. I mean, there's good value in Denver, but we don't know about him. and We don't know at all what the Chargers are going to be like. They're going to be probably terrible. So right there, if you're spotting Oakland going 3-3 three and three or 4-2 and two in that division, it, it's, it's pretty conceivable to see, see them win a couple more home games and steal eight wins in the season. So I really like the value on the Raiders. Raiders are at over seven and a half minus one Oh two. So decent money on them as well. Let's and talk the last, last one I'll give out uh, just for Darren. I do like the jets over seven. I have them graded out at seven and a half wins for the season. So at worst case, I see you getting a push with the jets. So I like the value of the over of the jets over seven, over seven for Darren Ravel. You love it for Darren Ravel getting some love for the jets. We've talked about Arizona at 50 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. We talked about Denver at 50 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. Right now, looking at some of these numbers, post free agency, post draft, post schedule release, um, is anybody sticking out? So, advice I always give for these futures is you're, you don't want to be betting the very top ones. Like, like we talked about last year, I waited on the Chiefs and I got lucky where Mahomes got hurt and I was getting. 10 to 1s, 15 to 1s, 18 to 1s, on them to win the Super Bowl. 
instead of putting them in the premium, you know, coming into the season, they were plus like 400, plus 500 in most books for them to win the Super Bowl. So those top ones, you, of course, who's going to bet against the Chiefs on the Super Bowl? I, I could see them repeating. They literally only got better in this offseason. But when you're betting these, you're looking for value. And that's why when I gave out Arizona and the Broncos, that, that, that was pure value upside. You're looking for something big you can hedge when it comes down to it. So we already talked about it, but I, I like the Bears. At some books, you can get plus four, uh, 4,000. I like that number for the Bears. Now you're just breaking my heart. It's just one of those things where it's good value. Like I could see things breaking right where they have the offensive weapons. If they can get Nick or Trubisky just to figure it out in that offense with that defense, that's that's really good value for that team. And then the next one, it it's kind of funny, like thinking about all the things that would have to go right for it to happen. But I do love um, Minnesota plus 4,000 somehow getting back to the Super Bowl. I just think that the way, that, like in that division, I just like all those teams, the way they shape out that the road to the Super Bowl for them is going to be easier than a lot of these other teams. I'm so glad you mentioned the Vikings. I love the Vikings. Love the Vikings. I think their defense is amazing. I'm not as much of a hater of Kirk Cousins as most people are. I like their coach, Mike Zimmer, a lot. Like they just, yeah. to me, seem like a team that is set up and gets completely gets forgotten about. And it's, it's one of those where if you actually look at the numbers, their defense is, they're aging. They're, there's a couple of guys on there they've lost that it does hurt them a little bit. But I think the Diggs move was big for them. It's kind of like I, a new refresher on that offense where Kirk's not going to have that pressure. He can either go to Feeling or to rookie they drafted. And a lot of people think Cook is a top three running back in the league. So it's set up with them. That, that, that's a nice, nice value on the Minnesota Vikings. Simon Hunter, professional better, based in New Jersey, friend of the podcast. You'll be with us during the season. I'm assuming. I'm, I'm you know, consigning you to that. Uh, <laughs> you know, this was a great run. This was like hardcore, great rundown, good value, good information, plenty of stuff you can get out there, ways to put little money down, reap high rewards on big opportunities. Thank you for coming on the Favorites Podcast, Simon Hunter. All right, buddy. Be good, man. All right, man. I'll talk to you later. This has been the Favorites Podcast from the Action Network. Download from Apple, from Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Rate, review, subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe. Until next time, love you. Love you.